The following is an archive podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled Syrian Whispers Aryan Ears, The Toad, the Turd, the Teardrop, Art's Dick in Rigor Mortis. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one. swirling mist of unprecedented corporate greed. Men holding large canvas sacks with dollar signs on them, wearing tuxedos with capitalism written on it. Porky Pig leading a drone strike from the safety of his McMansion. The mewling whines of businessmen wanting tax breaks for their new Chernobyls. Doves of peace, wielding flaming swords that say Brexit on them, stands a low, pitchy voice, trembling out from beneath the docks, beneath the space platforms churning out towards the atmosphere to create a new utopia made of timeshares and iPhones, stands a voice. Consortium of Sounds. Podcast, if you will. Welcome to Syrian Whispers, Aryan Ears, The Toad, The Turd, The Teardrop, Art's Dick in Rigor Mortis. My name is Glans Penis. I am here with two fellow visionary artists, two men who have helped redefine what it means to be art. In America in the year 2019, 2020, 2021. I'd like to introduce my good friend Salvador Landis, first of all. Yes. And like to uh, give, we have a special treat for you today. We have the, the very first unveiling of the, of the artistic persona of Meth Head Mark, the real man behind it. Um, Mark, would you mind revealing your truth to our listeners? Hello. Um, my name is Matthew Coriander Bowsman Hollister, uh, but you can call me Matthew Hollister for short, or Coriander for short, or Bowsman for short, or just don't, don't call me Matt. I just want to make that clear. Uh, my, my name is Matthew Bowsman Hollister, and I'm, I'm the artist behind Meth Head Mark. Wonderful. That's an exclusive we have there. People have been chomping at the bit to understand what that was, who you really were. Not that it matters to guys like me. You know, a lot of people thought that um, there was just this outsider artist named Meth Head Mark that somehow got all of his stuff into the best galleries in New York, Hong Kong, Tokyo, and Phnom Penh. But that's not the case. You know, you need connections. You need to have a body of work behind it. And you know, the sad truth is, sorry, everybody, uh, that was a character. It's a character I made up. And, you know, part of part of the reason I'm, I'm com- sort of coming out today as the, the voice of that character is because uh, I want credit for it. Indeed. And you can get the nice uh, residuals. The paycheck as well would be pretty handy. Uh, let, let, let's start uh, dissecting a little bit. Um, you know, we'll get to you, Salvador, uh, uh, about the differences between you and uh, Meth Head Mark. Uh, Matthew, 
what is your relationship personally to the um, methamphetamine drug? Uh, I myself have, have never done meth. I'm I'm mostly a beta blocker head. I'm I'm really into beta blockers and homeopathic medicine, which I mean obviously that doesn't do anything. Like I'm not a stupid person. You know I know homeopathics don't work. But I do like the sort of play between truth and fiction that's at work with homeopathic medicine. I think there's a performance element behind a homeopathic medicine. And so when I, when I use a mortar and pestle and I grind up homeopathic anti-anxiety medication and I mix it with water and I inject it into my arm and I get these big welts, what I'm doing there is I'm sort of, it's a commentary the welts are a commentary, the actions a commentary, and um, I'm I'm a commentary. I guess. Well, in a you way. had that one exhibit that that immediately comes to mind. Um, the one you did at the MoMA, sure. Um, where it was called placebo, and and you <laughs> right. actually yeah. you actually ended up in that one. Everyone thought for sure that was just you overdosing. Was that not real? Um. I think it was hydrocodone that you were using then. That was just, I guess we should have saw that one coming. You named it placebo. Right. No, I mean, it, it, that, that's actually an interesting one is because I, I told my assistant that I would be doing an overdosing. Uh, and I meant I would, I would inject the homeopathic medication like I normally do as a sort of fun performance thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean Yu Shin, uh my she's from Toronto. Uh she's she's great. Great assistant. I had to let her go though because she she brought me some shit in a syringe. I put it in my arm and I just freaked the fuck out. And uh it, it, that was not meth head mark. That was totally not part of the performance. I'm glad it had a great reception. You know what I'm saying? But just just to be clear, that was a that was not a happening. That was a I had read that completely wrong because when you after you injected it and you said, "Oh my god, oh my god, is this real? Is this real?" I'm not meth head Mark. I'm not meth head Mark. I thought you were <laughs> thought it was uh, right. Call well, and yeah, and a lot of people are like meth head Mark is having a, a derealization, depersonalization right. event, and that's not what was going on because, as you, you were- know, when I play meth head Mark, I do not speak because I have this very sophisticated manner of talking. And Meth Head Mark, he just yeah. grunts. So Meth Head Mark would not say, I am not yeah. Meth Head Mark. You did, you know, write in your own... When I said call 911, right. and no one called 911... Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, part of the blame is on me. I called the event placebo. I told you, Shen, that I would be overdosing. I told her to get me a syringe so I could overdose. Uh, I'm not saying it's all you, Shen's fault. I'm not saying it's all the uh, gallery's fault, although... I, I will not be working with MoMA again, of course, because they're unprofessional. But, uh... The savages. Well, there's been a lot of bad things about MoMA in the news recently. Um, why don't we, uh, we kind of got a little bit on your background on Meth Head Mark and, and who you are. Let's get to Salvador. Tell us a little bit about yourself yes, for our hello. listeners who may be not as uh, in tune with the art community as we are. Well, I'm glad to be here. You know, my name is Salvador Landis. And if you're familiar with a certain Kellogg's art sweepstakes from 1991, then you are probably well acquainted with my work. 
Considering I won that very contest and had my work printed on the back of millions of boxes of frosted flakes, which are seen by billions of consumers around the globe. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, even if you are not aware of uh, of Salvador Landis's name, you've seen his work. Um, That's correct. Frankly, p- people if, have if, no- you're, if you're not aware of Salvador Landis... Turn off your TV or whatever you're listening to this on, because that is one of the most prestigious awards in the arts world to be featured on the back of that box. You should end your life because you've never truly lived. Let's be honest. You're you're a philistine, frankly, if you don't know this guy. It was the very first kind of, I would say, in our media, the very first hypersexual presentation of a humanoid tiger in mainstream art. That's correct. I would I would say it was meta hypersexual even. Uh, so, yes. I, I am listening and I and I will agree with that. It it, it seemed to question the idea of sexuality itself. Um, you know, Tony. We were introduced to a Tony the Tiger that. I had mean, I the, saw it and I was questioning my sexuality. Right. You know what I, I think mean? It, I saw this when I was a child. He had the triangle dick muscle and you know smacks. The uh, frog from the one shitty cereal, he didn't have anything. The um, Lucky Charms leprechaun, he didn't have a triangle dick muscle. I don't um, recognize those characters. They're, they're tr- garbage. They're consumerist garbage to me. I uh, only recognize Tony the Tiger, and I have submitted much, many more Tony the Tigers to Kellogg's in recent years. I mean, I think there is textual evidence, actually, that uh, Tony the Tiger is a human-tiger hybrid. So I think he was actually born of a bestiality event. Because you look at Smacks, or you look at uh, Trick's Rabbit, you know, like, those are obviously not Mm. human names. Those are the names of animals. But Tony is the name of a human. That's correct. And I think... You know, there is evidence in the text for this reading. That's all I'm going to say. And I feel like they've been dropping little hints at us about that. Um, for those of you now familiar with Matthew Coriander Bossman Hall, also known as Method Mark Salvador Landis, my name is Glance Penis. Um, I have been a mainstay in the Brooklyn art community for years. Um, I've been doing uh, majority performance art, um, a lot of stuff do to do with um you know i've had presentations at the moma um my most famous one you might know me for is um the artist is present and hard as a rock where we recreated a section in moma to look like a gas station bathroom and we cut a hole in the little wall and my dick was out and hard for eight hours at a time and only women could come in and view this piece of art. And only women that might, you know, hand... I tried to get in. Yeah. I tried to get in. You were yeah. wearing a wig and everything, and, and it just didn't work. But only handlers... I mean, I was already wearing the wig when I walked up to MoMA, but and then I saw the event was there, and I was like, this is great, I'm wearing a wig. Right. <laughs> didn't work. Uh, you know, it was pretty much only nines and tens were allowed to get in. And um, I, I was just there for eight hours a day. Um, I, I was popping, uh, you know, the little blue ones, the little grandpas and, and, and I stood there and I was hard and I, and I never came. And that was kind of the commentary, you know? Well, I peeked in through a window and I witnessed the entire thing and it was, it was marvelous. <laughs> we did do it in front of a window, which was a very, <laughs> which was a very bizarre choice for the Boba on the first floor. Of the window. <laughs> 
I was able to <laughs> all, um, all the little little I, I rascals were, were head on top of head watching my disembodied <laughs> dick get sucked by like just some coked out waitresses. I watched the uh, illegal uh, feed on Live Leak, um, and I thought like that's such a cool commentary about like you know modern masculinity like you can't come no right. matter what and like right. the ex- but your dick is available you know and you know and i sort of did my my own commentary on it which was i was kind of watching you not come I was like watching your rod for a number of hours and i thought wouldn't it be interesting if i came instead so while watching the feed i actually um manipulated myself to completion onto the screen and Afterwards, I said, that's a job well done. I've sort of done, we kind of had a collaboration without you even knowing right. it. It was like an unwilling artistic collaboration where you you jacked off to. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's collaboration. It's not like, you know, you can give permission to artists. You put it in an expensive, you know, museum and only rich people can afford to kind of go in there and look at it and wait you know, six hours on a Friday night in order to see it. But art's for everybody, regardless of all the blockades we put in front of it. Once you start asking permission about whether or not it's okay to do art, that's when fascism comes into the mix. So as artists, we must always be willing to push the envelope and, you know, suffer suffer the consequences. If, If somebody wants to, like, charge us with, uh, assault or says, you know, they need to get a restraining order against us. I'm, I'm specifically thinking about ex-girlfriends of mine who I tried to do art on. Right. Um, you know, like well, those people, people that used to work for us that, you know, immediately went to lawyers and whatnot. I'm, I'm thinking of you, Shen, you know, who right. just, who works for me. I had a letter hire you, Shen. Um, she, she left, which I, I totally understand. I really appreciate that. I mean, I want you to help her out. And I, I do think it's nonsense. I can't visit your studio because she's there, but you know, maybe that'll change in the future. I don't know. Well, you know, I, I, I'm not going to get involved in any type of this legislation unless I have like an art idea about it that I can profit off of. Then I, you know, might, but right now, you know, basically I kind of, you know, she's not even at the studio most of the time. I kind of, you know, paid her. Where is she at by the way? Well, I kind of, I, she just kind of lives in my house. Where's that? Well, um, Brooklyn. You know the really cool part. Well, yeah. Like uh. Yeah, I mean, yes. obviously it's in. <laughs> obviously it's in Brooklyn. Yeah, but. we live in this kind of. We own about three stories uh, of the series of this loft, and. You should have me by sometime. I mean, you can. I could come over. Yeah. I could. We could do a happening together. It's a. Uh, it's above like a haircut place called like Yule, and Wintress, and uh, we just kind of you know. But I don't know if that'll be. We'll talk after you know the podcast. It's kind of getting a little weird now. Absolutely. Um. Well, I think maybe we should embrace that energy. Well, let's talk a little bit more about who we are and kind of what works we have done. Salvador, everyone knows your great Tony picture and not a lot of people know the great work you've been doing since then. Can you tell, uh, fill us in a little bit on what you've been doing there? Well, after that, I began exploring much of my work featuring the members of a wondrous race known as the Tony Tigerites. 
And these people, they're a society of these tiger-like humanoids who have inherited most of their traits from their master, Tony the Tiger. And the Tony Tigerites are a kind and gentle race whose intelligence far exceeds that of humankind. And they are also much stronger than the human race. And if they existed in real life, they would thank me for being their father and they would protect me. I, I do have a, a, a kind of a question about, um, you know, a lot of the paintings you've been doing since then. Um, yes. A lot of the paintings depict you, yourself, in them. And Tony kind of carrying you around as you're in like kind of like a damsel pose like with the back of your hand placed on your forehead uh i, th- I, I thought was that was an say, interesting choice them, tony has a pouch tony represents my father tony tony is my father to me and this is reflected in my artwork i i, I agree and that's that you know the commentary on that's amazing because there is that one painting you have where tony the tiger is pregnant and there seems to be almost a zoom in it cuts into viewing inside the stomach and you're inside the stomach pregnant yes you know i'm i'm not a painter so when i saw the painting of you as a very small man being stepped on by a very large tony the tiger uh, my first thought was, how did he do that? How did he shrink himself down? Uh, but then somebody told me that paintings are just imaginary and they don't have to be paintings of things that exist in real They're life. They're a window into I the mind. That, right, and, and like I said also, I, I saw you had a pouch on Tony the Tiger and tigers don't have pouches that you can climb inside. So I was going to ask... Uh, are these related to tigers or are these more like um, like a race of aliens who happen to resemble well, Tony tigers? Tony the tiger stepping on me represented the act of circumcision which my father inflicted upon me at birth. Uh, the very, I've never forgiven him. The very first assault you suffered in your long, young life. That's correct. Quick, quick That's why question. I was tiny uh, in the picture. Quick. Crick, 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 crick question. Does Tony the Tigerian, does the Tigerian race? Tony Tigerian. Have, yeah. Do they have genders or is that just, what is it? What's the they deal? They have human genders. You know, there's like girl ones and boy ones. And. Why don't we ever see any of the girls? Oh. Uh, well, they don't have breasts, they, <laughs> they have vaginas. But you don't see the vaginas because they have fur. Right. It's, I, okay. I I do have one question, and I, I I'm I'm just wondering if this is an artistic preference or not. Um, you never draw anyone's hands. Why is yes. that? <laughs> well, hands represent <laughs> creation, and creation is not a theme I'm willing to explore right now because we live in the era of. Donald Trump, the the destructor, who wants to bring uh, look. I tried drawing hands. It looked like shit. I don't, don't want to get into that right now. As we all know.